Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Isabel Clement, and you're listening to the Wheel Suckers podcast. Hi, I'm your Captain Alex, and I was raised on a tandem, and I'm an ex-cycling industry goof. And I'm with my stoker. Jenny's stoking here. I am the director of the London Bike Kitchen. I am the author of How to Build a Bike and also chair of the Women of Colour Cycling Collective. Today, we talked to Isabel Clement about non-standard cycles by saying bicycle is bayard and listen to the Wheels for Wellbeing anthem with us. Hello, hello. We have a guest with us in our studio in the ether. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm Isabel. I am uh, the director of Wheels for Wellbeing. Uh, But what else about me? Uh, I am in my mid-50s. I am French-born and uh, I'm a disabled cyclist. Uh, I've been disabled all my life and, well, other than my cycle, my hand cycle, I also use uh, a car some of the time, uh, a wheelchair where uh, the environment is nice and smooth and a crutch to walk a few steps as well. But my favourite mobility aid is my hand cycle. I love your hand cycle as well. We'll have to share pictures. I was going to say for those who might it. not know what a hand cycle is, could you describe it? Yes, absolutely. So my hand cycle is basically a three-wheeled, um, so it's a, it's a trike, I guess, but it's not uh, pedaled with my feet. I hand crank, I use hand cranks, so I pedal with my hands. Uh, in actual fact, I sit in my wheelchair uh, and I add to the front of it uh, something called a clip-on hand cycle. It looks a bit like a, a unicycle, I guess, but it attaches to my wheelchair and it lifts me off the little front wheels of my wheelchair and, and I've become a, a trike user. Oh, uh, cool. So it's yeah. a, it's like an add-on. It's not a yes. completely separate trike. No. no, because what do you do when you get to the other end uh, if you need your wheelchair Yeah, <laughs> and you've uh, left it at home? Yeah. Uh, so if you're doing a, a, a circuit, I guess, and, and a and you come back home, uh, you might not need to uh, unclip in the meantime, but I prefer it as a, I don't have a one-piece hand cycle. They're big beasts, and I've got nowhere to put put one. So, yes, I've got a two-piece wheelchair plus clip-on, 
and uh, it's got uh, e-assist, it's got battery on the front, uh, and therefore the world's my oyster. I can um, I can do hills, long distances, uh, and I love it. That's amazing. I'm just remembering the time when we went to go um, play around with some of the bikes. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say bike. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Very good. I just myself right <laughs> now. Very so. important. Should we- <laughs> Let's let's talk about that then. So yes. a lot of people we use the word bicycle when actually we should be saying cycle. Yes. And why a- why is this change necessary? Why do we need to to uh, update our vocabulary? Super important. In fact, I'll let bike go. Uh, it's not so bad. Bicycle is the one that I really object to people using as a byword for cycle. Um, so the problem with bicycle is that uh, it's it's it is a very handy type of cycle but it is definitely not the only type of cycle that that can be uh, um, used for getting about and if we say uh, you know we're planning for for bicycles we're you know if we use bicycle as a byword for cycling we are basically using what i would quite happily call ableist language i.e we're making it sound like the only way to cycle is to bicycle uh, so if we say uh, cycling, cycles, uh, we are being inclusive and we're not uh, confirming this sort of myth in people's heads that if you can't cycle a bicycle, you can't cycle because that there's nothing further from the truth. Mm, uh, yeah. So, yes, there are all sorts of cycles. There are, as I just mentioned, hand cycles. There are uh tricycles there are tandems there are different types of all of those recumbent uh, tricycles recumbent (laughs) tricycles (laughs) recumbent hand cycles side by side tandems wheelchair tandems you name it they exist and i mean i'm i'm i said i'm in my mid-50s and and i've been disabled pretty much all my life and i never thought cycling was for me uh we thought my parents tried me on a bicycle (laughs) when I was 10 uh, that didn't work balance uh, wasn't going to happen my feet weren't going to stay on the pedal and they only thought of cycling as being done on a bicycle for a kid and uh, and for anybody and therefore they never tried anything else which is a real shame really I mean it's it's okay I mean I discovered hand cycling in my mid-30s but thank goodness I did Um, Mm. how did you how did you discover it in your 30s I was actually in the process of looking for a mobility scooter Ah. uh, because I wanted to keep up with my child who'd got his own little first bicycle. We'd got him his first two wheels and uh, he'd taken to it no problem. So I wanted to be able to uh, take him and his bike to the park. But if I had... Uh, as we used to go to the park with me in the wheelchair, him on my lap and or, or toddling about uh, alongside me, and that was absolutely fine. But once he was free on his two wheels, he would have disappeared up the hill down the, the other side and I would have been stuck at the bottom of the hill in my wheelchair. Yeah. A little kid will uh, ride quite happily across grass, uh, up hills, down hills, etc. You cannot do that in a, in a standard wheelchair. Um, so I thought... Uh, I didn't think of uh, of a clip-on hand cycle. I thought, okay, well, mm, either I give up taking my kid to the park or I stop him having his bike in the park, neither of which was what I wanted to do, um, or I need to equip myself with uh, another kind of 
aid to my mobility and I started looking around for the right kind of mobility scooter which in my mid-30s I really wasn't keen on doing mm. I didn't particularly mm. think I'd gone, I was going to love the look of it but hey needs must um, and uh, luckily it's actually quite complex to find the right well any any kind of mobility aid you've got to do a lot of research really think it through and and mobility scooters are big heavy things how was I going to get it in the back of the car all that did I need to change my car did I did I need a three-wheeled mobility scooter a four-wheeled one whatever so in amongst all of that time spent researching and and humming and ahhing about it I came across uh a picture of a of a clip-on hand cycle I can't remember where uh, but luckily I did and then I got a, a rep to come and show me and uh, the rest is history really I discovered that actually I wasn't thinking of it as cycling at all actually mm. at the time mm. but I could have better access to local parks and to green spaces and etc um, by changing my wheelchair into uh, a hand cycle by just adding this thing on the front I was lucky I could afford it because these things are not cheap. Yeah. But um, I invested in the in my first one. It wasn't e-assist at the time. Uh, it was still a grand and a half. Uh, and um, yeah, so I started off uh, uh, discovering hand cycling without knowing really. I just um, was able to you know access the hills and I could go across slightly rougher terrain like grass or whatever, and keep up with the kids. Um, then I got much more involved in wheels for well-being a bit later on and I then started to realise that even though I had some kind of cycle I, n- I wasn't really at all using it as a as others use a bike as in I wasn't using it like transport of, yeah exactly it was just a, a leisure sort of you know mm. m- mobility aid uh, in traffic free spaces um, and I would always drive it to the edge of places I, I, I used to feel OK using it, as I say, parks or, uh, you know, very, uh, very traffic light or traffic free environments. Then I, yeah, as I say, I, I became involved much more with wheels for wellbeing. And yeah. And for those listening who might not know, could you explain wheels for well-being oh yes really <laughs> basics <Yep. laughs> absolutely thank you for that um so wheels for well-being is the organization i um run and i head and it is a charity and it is a cycling charity run and led by disabled people who cycle uh it's a bit of a left field sort of organization people as most people think disabled people can't cycle, they really would not imagine that there's such a thing as a disability cycling organisation. But there it is. That's Wheels for Wellbeing. And it is an organisation which um, does two main things. One, it, 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 uh, well, it's based in South London and in South London it provides actual opportunities for disabled people to realise they can cycle. So... It's a place where we, well, we have three places in South London where we hold a lot of those non-standard cycles I described earlier, the tandems, the the trikes, the handbikes, etc. So that disabled people can overcome that first barrier that to cycling, uh, which they experience otherwise, which is that they don't even know it exists and they wouldn't just go and spend a grand and a half, three grand, five grand to buy something that they may not be able to get on with or they don't know that they'll be able to get on with and they may have nowhere to store it. 
Um, so people can come several times a week to our various venues to try cycling away from traffic. So we've removed that barrier as well at at um, venues which are fully accessible. So Wheels for Wellbeing does that as its first mission, as its first um, uh, activity, and then we've and we've been doing that since two thousand and seven. And then when I started uh, running the organisation in twenty eleven, I I've come from a uh, a disability background and and a sort of from the disability sector and and very sort of I take a very rights based approach to to the work I. I, I do always. Um, right spaced, right spaced. So um, you know, m- meaning that I look at. Um, oh, right spaced. Sorry, <laughs> 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 through the microphone, down the over the ether. Uh, yes, uh, no, just want to get clear. This is like you know social justice work. This is social justice exactly. Yeah. So we, I don't look at what we do as we at Wheels for Wellbeing as a as a nice activity for nice disabled people. Uh, I look at it as a basically removing the barriers, bringing back the right of disabled people to be physically active, to experience cycle and the thrill of it and all the benefits of it uh, it's not just a, a leisure or I mean it is a leisure activity for plenty but I don't look at it as it's enough to just provide it out of sight out of mind um, so we started actually uh, being an organization uh, which is uh, fighting for for rights the rights of disabled people to uh, access cycling and and practice it in uh, as often as and you know in in whatever way they wish to do so so we we realized that people had no idea one that disabled people did cycle and two that um uh that they were things that needed to be done to the cycling environment in order that disabled people be include have have the the opportunity and the rights to cycle and it's not about the person's body. It's not about their impairment. It's not about any of that. It's about ha- has the cycling environment been provided in such a way that disabled people have equal, equal access to it. So Wheels Wellbeing is an advocacy organisation, and, and we are the, we see ourselves as the voice of disabled people who cycle. Love it. It blew my mind when I first learned about it. Wheels for <laughs> Wellbeing, because I had no idea. No, and well, you know, the, the cycling industry just doesn't really no. focus on that at or all. showcase it enough. No. No, and I call, I catch myself seeing bicycles all the time. Sure, you sure. know, and it's it's one of those things where you're like, I need to do better. And well, yeah, you know, if you're a listener and you haven't heard of Wheels for Wellbeing, go check them out. Yeah, you know, I like you said, Isabel. Like people just think you have to ride. You know you say a bike and everybody's mind just pictures a two-wheeled bike that's and it. that's it and i think so many people i know able-bodied friends who will even say i can't cycle and cycling yeah. is not for me and i can't ride a bike yeah and i just think yeah there, there's so many other amazing ways to cycle yeah, yeah. but also well, we don't create the environment to facilitate that like you said no. like our infrastructure that's it. is not made for even people to ride bikes like it's yeah people have to fend for themselves so you can't like if if i'm having trouble riding a bike somewhere then you can imagine how like someone with a mobility or like a trike or something Mm -hmm. like that i'm like you're not gonna fit through spaces Mm -hmm. or 
that's it. Um, that's and it. that was that's another question is um so what kinds of changes need to be made to infrastructure to make it more inclusive, make sure everyone can ride? Yeah. yeah. So um in a way, it's very simple. It's but it's it obviously uh, it requires uh, rethinking uh, how we plan for cycling. But the main thing is back to we need to stop thinking about the bicycle. So instead of teaching engineers that they have to cater for uh, the the geometry of the bicycle with a uh, so two wheels and a slightly wobbly person on top of it, uh, which is what they've been taught for for decades to to plan for. We need to equip them to understand and to to plan for the widest, the longest uh, uh, cycle with the widest turning circle, etc. And then if they do that, then all of us can cycle in comfort and 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 hopefully in safety uh, with a bit of protection, etc. But the main thing is to to start thinking about cycles in the widest possible sense, and that doesn't just help disabled people who cycle non-standard cycles as we call them uh, but it also helps uh, sort out uh, the the issues which parents uh, experience when they're wanting to cycle with little children uh, whether they've got them in a trailer behind them or in a cargo trike or a, tri- a cargo bike um, or the little child is cycling alongside them for a bit more safety that's wider than just one bicyclist um, and also then on from that also solves the problem of the, the white vans on our streets. You know, if more uh, gear, more stuff can be moved around by cycle because, again, trailers, cargo bikes um, are uh, totally available uh, and they can move amazing amounts of stuff. But if the infrastructure is not wide enough uh, for those wider cycles, longer cycles, heavier cycles to uh, cycle in in safety, um, then we stay with, oh, well, I have to use a car as a disabled person or I have to use a car as a parent or I have to use a a car or a van as a trader. Um, So by by rethinking, uh, by thinking beyond the bicycle, uh, by thinking about what what now government in its own guidance calls the the, the cycle design vehicle, uh, the, the, the 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 cycles with the widest and longest measurement, um, then we we are geared up for all sorts of people to cycle, uh, and also we're giving a much more forbid for, forgiving environment for people. You know, if they are a bit uh, on two wheels and they are a bit wobbly, whether they're novice cyclists or or they you know they get um, distracted by something and they they have a bit of a wobble. If we've planned for wider cycles, there's a bit more room uh, for everybody to become a confident cyclist and and not to be intimidated in in the space. Uh, Mm. So WITS is definitely a huge um, uh, part of it. It, You know, we want more protected cycle lanes. But uh, again, if there's a if there's a curb or some wands or some armadillos or whatever on on the ground to define the space for cyclists, it needs to be, you know, in uh, giving us a wide enough amount of space along the lane. and but that's also, that's some yeah. work that Wheels for Wellbeing does. Do you give um, how do you say, like advice? Yes. To yes. infrastructure, to planners, to city planners. We do, and and we have um, collated all our knowledge into a guide called the Guide to Inclusive Cycling, uh-huh. and that's available for free on our website. 
But better than that, we've also got ourselves involved with um, government with uh, when when they were reviewing the uh, cycle design guidance, which is very sexily called LTN 120. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. Uh, but the people in the know uh, know where to go to find it. It's on the government's website. It's basically, it was launched last July and we were at the table when it was being reviewed. So we're pretty pleased with the result of, you know, we, we were able to influence that. So not only for, for, the, for, the, for that government guidance to be very much talking about the cycle design vehicle and telling telling uh, people to to plan for those dimensions, but also to talk about uh, uh, limiting uh, camber, for example, or crossfall, whatever engineers call it, which is the way, you know... The, it's you, the side of the road. It's the way that um, uh, engineers deal with uh, drainage yeah. often. So a Her road... Curves. The yes, a road is re- re- very rarely completely flat. It slightly curves towards the the, the 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 footway, either side of the of the of the roads, the carriageway, so that there's no not big pools of water. Of course, nobody wants big pools of water on the on the carriageway. But if you use that too much, if you make your your road too rounded in the mi- you know up to the middle, most bicyclists don't actually realize that it's an issue drivers obviously of cars don't realize it's an issue but tricyclists anybody who yes. cycles on three wheels oh me and my, my, yeah, me and my dad fell off uh, <laughs> we were no. on a we we're on a tandem tricycle oh. in wales we went to tandem mania i'm sure i bring oh, it up wow. a lot but <laughs> yeah. but we yeah we were cycling on this road and the road was so cambered yeah so we we just kept, we kept falling off and we couldn't work out why <laughs> yeah the only safe place in that case is in the middle of the road which of oh, course yeah. there's tr- a lot of traffic is a bit of an issue <laughs> yeah well, the, yeah especially rural rural yeah. wales you can imagine yes. drivers yes. do not want to Uh-oh. see a tandem tricycle in the middle of the road which is the yes. only way we could yeah yeah can yeah. i ask a question about so a lot of the outrage in london about the ltn's by taxi drivers is they're using the disabled people excuse like what if you have a disabled person that you have to deliver them straight to their doorstep what do you make of of this so it's very well that particular thing you're just mentioning taxi drivers doing that is extremely irritating excuse me but uh, they are rarely the disabled person's friend uh, in general as a profession there are some totally lovely taxi drivers but uh, i have not yet met a single disabled person who doesn't say taxi drivers they never want to take us you know they they are you joking that they are our best friends suddenly so uh, they can just yeah stop that but uh, <laughs> but uh, there is an issue uh, if there if uh, there are a lot of disabled people who are extremely reliant on either their own cars or other people's cars to get them places and door to door transport is crucial for a high number of disabled people for me i've realized that actually cycling is the issue because i can cycle from my door to the door of my destination much more easily than I, for example, can use my wheelchair. Um, And I get the exercise and it's far more fun. But uh, a lot of disabled people are not equipped who, you know, disabled people who find mobility along pavements difficult or, you know, who who need uh, uh, to, yeah, who cannot just 
walk down easily down to the bus stop or, or yeah. over to the tube station. Um, or if there's a car parked on the pavement. Yeah, all sorts of things. <laughs> Basically, pavements. I mean, there's there there are there will always be a small number of of people who are either disabled people or, or people who are unwell who have a, a, an illness or, 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 which is very complex and, and very extensive, who will need to be picked up right outside their front door and dropped off right outside the, the the door of their destination because they will not have the energy to to do any more than that and and unless they can be picked up and dropped off right outside they will not be able to uh do that journey so that that's a small number but a real number of of, of people but for the for a lot of us um it if we were equipped with the right mobility uh equipment like you know proper um uh, active wheelchairs, proper outdoors, lightweight, very manoeuvrable wheelchairs, and there were some really good quality pavements, unencumbered, un- non-cluttered, uh, not cracked, and not uh, sort of um, narrowed down by yeah cars parked on them or, or whatever, or driveways which make them uh, like a, a roller coaster rather than the the smooth surface. If all of that hap- uh, was in existence, then people, the majority of disabled people, even with mobility impairments, would find it OK to be able to walk or wheel, uh, particularly wheel, a, a little bit further. And actually, it's good for us in terms of, you know, we are being denied uh, the 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 opportunity to be physically active. And therefore, we're dying slowly on our bums. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. but that's what's happening. Um, you called mobility aids or uh, mobility? Immobility scooters? Uh, mobility scooters, I call them immobility scooters, yeah. yes. <laughs> because you are sitting there and you're pushing a button. And as again, for a tiny number of people, that is absolutely the right thing and and the best way to be able to be at least a bit outdoors, etc. But a lot of people would be able to cycle um, and but we'll never have the opportunity uh, so long as uh, the pri- prices are so high. They are extremely high. Uh, and also uh, it's so scary to cycle on the road. So it's a real sort of catch 22 with our local, low traffic neighborhoods. I, I mean, I have, I'm a bit sort of I've got a bit of a split personality on LTNs uh, and I'm increasingly loving them. But at the beginning, uh, my my disabled driver's heart was bleeding at mm. the sight of all my shortcuts. Every I know London so well. People were saying, "Oh, have you done the knowledge?" You know, because I knew all the shortcuts. And I have now realised I've had to kind of reassess what I was doing. I was as a as a you know as a privileged driver basically. Mm. I was taking my pollution you know the exhaust of my car all the way through people's residential streets uh, where people live and I was expecting to be able to cut through everywhere to avoid the traffic and that what else do you do as a driver you like to avoid traffic you don't like to sit there and take loads of time to move nowhere so you know literally where I live in Lambeth uh, literally I'm on the on the edge of one on one LTN that's a Streatham Hill LTN and then all the way down to my work which is the other side of Brixton I've got the Tulse Hill LTN the rail, uh, the uh, Brixton LTN uh, and I at first I was thinking oh my god you know this is this is terrible you know all my shortcuts and um, 
But what it's meant, because I'm equipped with my hand cycle, it's actually meant that I've actually been able to cycle way more. And uh, therefore, particularly since COVID and lockdown and, and a lot less, you know, we've I've not been going actually to work very much to the office, been working from home. Uh, but therefore, I've I've actually done so little exercise. If I hadn't been able to cycle, I would have, you know, really started developing some some new <laughs> health conditions mm. like a lot of people have. And mm. but what actually the low traffic neighborhoods have done for me, one, it's when I do want to go back to the office, it's quicker and it's safer to cycle to work. But also far more than that, it's enabled me to link up all the way up to um, cycleways, which had been there, which had been put in by TfL, Transport for London or local boroughs. But I, I had none round me. I didn't have a, a, a super highway, cycle super highway near me. I didn't have a quiet way near me. All I had were you know, very busy residential streets. Um, and now, uh, well, since this time last year basically I've started being able to go not only to my hospital appointments either at King's Hospital in Denmark Hill or or St Thomas's Hospital up up by the by the river or but that's very occasional that I have one of those and but otherwise in really enjoying going up through into central London uh, or out towards east London you know um, Greenwich I've been to you know all, all on sorts your of places uh, sorry oh, must, oh yeah. my god uh, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> you can wash your mouth later <laughs> <laughs> on my hand cycle, absolutely. All on your hand cycle. Hand absolutely. Cycle journey, and yes. and that's been amazing. Instead of just sort of finding a few back routes just down to the other side of Brixton and, and, and back again. I never used to wander off and, and dare explore new places because I was really worried about traffic and not knowing the right routes. And now with so many low traffic neighbourhoods everywhere, which I know are problematic for many other disabled people, but for me, they've been fantastic. Um, so it's not, it, taxi drivers are not the people to advocate for us we are quite ha quite able to advocate for ourselves thank you very much but but we are you know disabled people are just like any other big group we are very very diverse actually but the majority of disabled people like everybody else don't realize they could cycle mm -hmm. um, so and it's expensive and it takes a while to organize your reorganize your life and your equipment and the storage of your equipment etc to make it a reality for day-to-day -day transport yeah. so i will not say that ltns are magical things for all disabled people they're definitely not uh, they're not probably quite as dramatically horrendous as they are sometimes pro portrayed but they will have created some issues for a number of individuals and and those issues need to be discussed and and mitigated for people because the last thing we want to do is to have better environments for active travel, which actually traps a small minority of people in their homes and makes them unable to travel anymore. Um, so I think it's very much about um, local authorities, local neighborhood groups, etc., having conversations, not saying it's all bad or it's all good, but, you know, really identifying local residents with for whom it is an issue preferably before putting them in yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, saying, OK, well, how are we going to mitigate this? And it could be as simple as, you know, finally putting a cut curb to a junction where it, it's a, a dropped curb, where, where there isn't one, which is what stops the person accessing. I mean, I have a 
a chemist, my, chem, my now my, I've got a local chemist, which appeared, a, I don't know, about a year ago or whatever, two years ago, which literally 200 yards from me, 200 meters from, from my house. And um, if I if I use the pavements on one side, I can't go. I can't wheel there on in my wheelchair. Mm. If I use the pavement on the other side, it's absolutely fine. But, you know, how ridiculous that it is that much of a you know if i if i if i wasn't able if it was a super busy road and i didn't have a way of crossing it which is not the case but if it was and i was stuck to using one side of the pavement literally i could not go to my local chemist on in my wheelchair yeah, that's um terrible. so you know it can be as simple as that i mean those are that's just because there's about f- six or seven driveways in and they're really steep yeah. i don't know why so you know something could you know those pavements could be flat you know made f- flat for pedestrians and the cars could go up up the, the you know the steepness because they've got an engine that's what they're for um why make pedestrians go up and down and up and down and up and down again uh, most pedestrians don't realize they're doing that if you're in a wheelchair it's a nightmare it yeah. can be really a barrier so yeah. it can be as simple as saying aha we will you know make this bit of your local neighborhood uh accessible to you and then that might mean that actually you're now able to do a little bit you know if that person is happy and is equipped has got a good wheelchair to be able to do that 200 yards whatever down to the local shop they might actually be really pleased that suddenly for the first time they don't have to take a car or wait for somebody to pick them up to go 200 yards down the road um because the, the the you know it may well be that the the barrier wasn't that there's too much traffic but simply that they just there is not a cut curb a dropped curb which means they can go to that so if you can't go to your local shop just because there is no cut curb at the end of the block and suddenly people say oh we're going to lower the traffic on your street and we're going to uh, repair all these ridiculous accessibility fails which we've now realized are there um you know they they could well be a lot of older people disabled people who are very pro ltns but it's got to go hand in hand you can't just do the easy stuff and put yeah. a couple of planters yeah. you've yeah. got to talk to your local residents bring them with you and learn from them what their experience of mobility is in their local area yeah made me think i'm not sure if you saw that tweet going around about soho and yeah. it was a you know they were using totally. a teenager's wheelchair yep tiny little still, wheelchair. yeah yep. yeah still couldn't navigate no. you know the the no. pavements and the streets no no so you know it's fine to put tables and chairs in the middle of the road if you've got free pavements to move along yeah. but if you put tables and chairs on the pavement as well as in the middle of the road and there has been no i mean i cannot even start to comprehend that that the local authority would would let that happen but anyway it did it has now met with transport for all and they have a commitment now for them to properly Good. enforce their their you you know make Make proper use of their licensing uh, uh, authority and duties and, and, and regain control over the, the, the pavements. But, I mean, this is not the Wild West, for goodness sake. It's central London. Mm. Um, you think, and, right? You know. Yeah, you'd think central London, mm-hmm. you know, a place, you know, tourism and you just want people there. You want people mm-hmm. being able to move around. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. They should close the roads. I still don't understand why they keep the roads open. Yeah. Force and, people... And- to move yes. their tables onto the pavement and then you just why are we letting cars in to central so, London? yeah just it, it it you do need you know you need to be able to 
uh, have refuse collector uh, collection. Yeah. You need to have oh, uh, emergency yeah. services, and a few disabled people will need to be driven through, and to be to be dropped off or to, or to park. But that's mm. still a very small no- uh, amount of traffic in a in a big capital city. Um, so yeah, we need to get a grip, and then many more. People who currently do not dare cycling, uh, cycle, who uh, many of whom will be disabled people, but plenty of others, um, will start, you know, it'll be then worth equip. So for me, for example, now that I know I can access, you know, places much further away than just my work two two and a half miles away, uh, it's, you know, it's absolutely worth my while, you know, it, it, thinking about uh, investing in even, a, you know, an even better bike, a cycle. Do you see? I use it myself. <laughs> <laughs> hand cycle um and and you know i i need to sort out storage rather than have it in the house and ask somebody else to move it out of the house at the moment it's a bit of a nightmare but anyway um but because now i'm i can see that it is you know it's something that i can use daily my poor old car which is very old anyway has you know i've had to replace the battery because it was dying on its on its wheels because it wasn't getting the use which i've never i mean you, me 10 15 years ago i would have said been the first one to be behind all the other people who are saying ltns are terrible because i would have said if i can't drive i can't go and and it's taken me that long and being involved in an organization as as as, as focused on cycling and disability as as wheels wellbeing is to realize how much i could really cycle if if you know i can really cycle absolutely as a mode of transport the, the you know, pouring down pouring rain still puts me off but other <laughs> than that i've worked out over the winter how to how to equip you know how to manage to uh, get lights on my hand cycles not the easiest but i've worked out how to do cycling in the dark now i'm not quite so shy about cycling in the dark i've worked out how to cycle in the cold which again trust me if you're not moving your legs mm, you get really yeah, cold but yeah, i've worked out how to equip you know how to what to wear to be able to cycle through the winter uh, it's only the worst of the rain now that really puts me off um, yeah. drizzle I'll deal with uh, so it's only that you know on those days where the rain is absolutely torrential that I might go back to saying mm, I'm going in my car because uh, I don't like sitting in a bucket of wet thank you very much yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, other than that I am so pleased that I can be physically active so much more of the time and I'm not polluting the uh, you know my own atmosphere let alone other people's neighborhoods Um, and disabled people just like everybody else have got a green conscience as well as you know everything else but it it takes quite a while to get yourself equipped I mean think of parents and, and cargo bikes it should be so easy but no it's not it you know people a lot of couples even those who cycled everywhere didn't have a car they have a child, they have their first kid they invest in a car because they don't know the kid exists the the cycle the the cargo cycles they don't have the space to store them they don't have the money to invest in them uh they don't realize that the upkeep of a once you've invested actually it's very cheap to run but you know it's a lot of money to find yeah uh, it's the storage cetera, cetera. as well isn't it they're, they're storage just such, absolutely you know, yeah they're big monsters yeah, yeah yeah but you know if they've managed to store a car uh well we need to move some of that car storage on our on our residential yep. streets and turn it into cycle storage. Well, again, that's that's doable, uh, but we need a lot of us having fewer cars. So yeah. we're not there yet, but it's it's things are changing and things are getting better. And I think attitudes are moving. So for us, convincing disabled people that they can cycle 
and not sounding preachy and sounding like we're saying you've got to cycle absolutely not but we're saying look as a way of staying fit of of getting more exercise of moving door yeah. to door it's actually and giving yourself freedom as well giving yourself freedom yeah. the, the fun freedom, the endorphins yeah. Yeah. all of that uh, it can be done and um yeah so that that's that's what wheels Wellbeing is all about and now a word from our sponsors this show is brought to you by our Third Wheels. Want to support Jenny and Alex? Become a Third Wheel supporter and help us make episodes in 2021. Give us a one-off saddle push with a donation or become a three pounds a month stabilizer or a five pounds a month Third Wheel. Visit wheelsuckerspodcast.com for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I was going to say, leading into uh, not sounding preachy, but singing. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that segue? Do you like that segue? Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh. Um, we're not, I think we might play a clip, but... Um, we love the Wheels for Wellbeing anthem. Yeah. If you could tell our listeners more about it. Yes. So it, <laughs> that was such fun. <laughs> um, it, so my other passion when I'm not cycling, I love singing and I sing in, in a couple of choirs. And What part uh, do you sing? Alto. Your alto. Oh. Yeah, alto power. Uh, al- alto. Al- well, alto, some of the time, tenor even more Ooh, often. So yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm second alto. I'm really low. <laughs> yeah, there you are. So uh, with my singing friends, uh, we have actually, we've called it the, the Beyond the Bicycle Anthem. And we have done a, a remake of uh, Queen's uh, Bicycle Races song. And if you can play a little clip, that'll be so lovely. Uh, basically, we've just rewritten the words. It was uh, uh great fun and my my choir friends were game on for for recording it and uh we then put a little video together which was filmed at the Hearn Hill Velodrome with all of our fabulous cycles should we okay. we'll play a little clip for it now
I I love <laughs> I love the anthem. I mean, I love choir. I love choral singing and I was it a group effort to write the lyrics? Uh I ended up writing them when I once I looked at them, I thought actually this is quite easy. <laughs> so bicycle bicycle bicycle, you know, it wasn't difficult to just change that. <laughs> Cuz tricycle is the same number of syllables. Yeah. Um and cycle as well. And yeah. oh, it was fabulously easy. Um so no, it's such fun. So I I rewrote the word and the words and um our our amazingly talented choir director uh, arranged the parts and uh, the whole choir was very uh, happy to uh, to join in and, uh, and and record it we went to recording studios in in Greenwich it was such fun so good <laughs> how can people support wheels for wellbeing so if people are inspired to help uh, wheels for wellbeing to support us um there are plenty of ways you could do that so uh, if you live in South London and uh, you would like to volunteer at any of our uh, cycling sessions, helping us with uh, getting our uh, inclusive cycling sessions ready. Uh, uh, there's a lot of moving of, of, of uh, big heavy bikes <laughs> at the Herne Hill Velodrome or at Croydon, uh, at the Croydon Sports Arena uh, or at uh, Lady Well Day Centre. Uh, well, Lady Wilder Centre, we haven't restarted yet our sessions there, but we should hopefully restart in the summer, in the, in July, uh, very soon. At the Hernhill Velodrome and Croydon, we have restarted post-COVID, so that's all cool. So volunteering volunteering is something that people can do for us. If you don't have time or, or the time that you have isn't at the time that our sessions are running, or all, all our session times are on our website, uh, you could uh, you could do other bits uh, of support. You could potentially, if you if you're the kind of person who loves your sportives and your mad, mad challenges, um, ride cycling challenges or otherwise, you could 
if you were so minded uh, you could fundraise for us potentially get your friends to support you to do something mad um, you <laughs> could uh, if you work for an employer who's got uh, say a charity committee for example and they uh, occasionally support uh, local charities then please by all means nominate us tell them about the amazing work that we do uh, basically we are always uh, needing more funding uh, sadly people are happy you know, often people are happy to give us money for buying the cycles because they realise they're expensive and that's always very, uh, we're very grateful for that. But we only have so much storage for those cycles. So though we do occasionally have to replace them, uh, we pretty much have what we need. But what we do need on a regular basis is funding to uh, pay our wonderful instructors so they can be in, uh, can be with us supporting disabled people to cycle week in, week out. And it's a job. It's it's a very uh, experienced role, and uh, we need we want to uh, be able to provide a, a good service and a safe uh, safe cycling sessions. It also costs a lot of money to maintain our cycles. Um, so our mechanic, fantastic uh, person, needs paying on a regular basis because otherwise he's going to have to find a job somewhere else. So yeah, any bits of fundraising you can do. That would be amazing. And then otherwise, if you're um, uh, inspired to, uh, if you know, say you're part of a, club, a cycle club or a campaigning group, uh, a local uh, cycling campaign organization or group. Uh, yeah, take have a read of our gu- inclusive, uh, guide to inclusive cycling and, and maybe take on some of our messages and, and look at what how you're talking about cycling. Uh, are you talking about bicycling all the time or like the um, Americans? Bicycling. <laughs> <laughs> so um, weird. <laughs> oh, I know. And and, uh, you know, if you put out posters and uh, images of cycling, can you include a trike on the on the on the cycle on the poster? Not always just a tiny child on a on a trike because most people understand that children use trikes, but adults also, or you know the the cool recumbents or the hand cycles, etc. So that when people see representations of cycling, they don't immediately exclude themselves because they don't see they only see bicycles. Um, so that's another thing, the visual representation. So there's plenty of where you could you could be helping, and it doesn't have to be giving us money. It could be about giving us your time or just rethinking your own uh, campaigning and, and the messaging that you're uh, you're putting out there. And also, if you're campaigning hard pro LTNs, for example, pro good cycling infrastructure, by all means, uh, you know, make contact with local disabled people. Don't be disheartened or, or, or worried about talking to disabled people about cycling infrastructure in in the end good cycling infrastructure is good mobility infrastructure and disabled people will uh, often benefit just as much but they may never have thought of the fact that you know if we had more protected cycle lanes for example of main big busy roads if they do use a mobility scooter or they use a you know a, a, a wheelchair or or you know that they may be able to benefit from using the the, the cycle lane which we call mobility lanes uh, rather than struggle on the pavements which are so rubbish um and also visually impaired people often are a little bit worried about cyclists but actually the more protected infrastructure there is good infrastructure on the carriageway the fewer cyclists will be tempted to whiz along the pavement. So actually, I think, you know, I'm really keen that we all manage to work together to build a consensus for good cycling and other mobility infrastructure uh, on the carriageway 
as well as pushing for improvements to pavements and footways for pedestrians, whether older people or visually impaired people or, or, or people in, who, who use wheelchairs, and the parents pushing the buggies, etc., on the pavement. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I think we can all work together, uh, but we have to hear each other, listen to each other, learn from each other, and... Um, yeah, no, just get off Twitter and I, all our high horses and, and just <laughs> meet our neighbours. Get off Twitter. Everybody meet listening, get off Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely, for our, everybody's sake. Well, I, actually, I've found my... my I, I actually quite love Twitter, but I I was going to say... Uh, yeah, tw Twitter is all right, actually. I'll take that back, but I hate <laughs> Nextdoor. Nextdoor is my, my newest pet hate. Uh-oh. It's so vile. Sorry, so many people being so nasty. Oh, is that the, like... I don't yeah, know the it. It's an oh, app, isn't it, to kind of connect with your... Yeah, with your neighbours, potentially. It's like but a cursed like, oh my God. opposite. It's, yeah, it's like a cursed oh Facebook where <laughs> yeah, you just get connected yeah, yeah. with... Yeah, yeah. it's it, not it, great. It's very hard to have a, a sane conversation on there. Oh, but no. Hey, you know, mm. the more sane people go on it, I guess, the better. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sane is a very bad word to use. Just non-confrontational. Non, mm. um, yeah, it's a bit scary on the, out there. Uh, mm. But all social media, and they evolve, so they'll, they might get better. Yeah. Uh, low Fingers traffic neighbourhoods have not done very very much for, for unifying neighbourhoods, actually, uh, mainly because they were a bit too sudden. Uh, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with them as, as per se, but too many of them sprung up all around the, the place because the government asked local authorities to do so, of course. Um, but they were a little bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, um, so change is scary. <laughs> change and a lot of it at the same time, very scary. Uh, so mm -hmm. people like to be heard and they don't like to be sort of faced with fait accompli and, and, and a complete change of scene. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll survive it and we won't lose all of them to people taking councils to court and winning, hopefully, oh uh, because that would be a disaster. That would be throwing the baby God. with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So lovely to talk to you both. Yeah. Where where can we find you? On t You're okay. on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. So my organisation is, is Wheels4, number four, well, W-E-L-L. So Wheels for Well is, uh, that's, Wheels for Well being on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, me personally it's at Isabel Clement I-S-A-B-E-W-L-E Clement no S <laughs> I, I saw a tweet the other day that was like does everybody just spell their surname yeah like you oh, say your first name and you just I always immediately spell my surname <laughs> yes I mean Gwizdowski yes like, yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, because I'm a Davis Noe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's funny. I'm, I mean, Clement is a French surname, and it's so common in France. But here, it's Clements, and people just mm. will always put an S, and uh, oh, that, yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, you I'm learn sorry, the things me. that people just yep. always do. Yeah, <laughs> and Isabel, that people will put an O or no double L or put an A at the end. So that's why I always spell it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Thank oh, you, Isabel. Thanks for having me. Always yes. a pleasure. We have retreated to the comfort of our homes to digitally record the Wheelsuckers podcast, which is now edited by Wardour Studios. Wardour have remained strong, providing professional recordings and editing in these unusual times. Let their team of engineers, producers and composers be your guide. Visit wardourstudios.co.uk for more. Alex and I really love what we're doing and we want to continue, but we can't do it without your help. Become a third wheel and support us today. 
You'll be in good company with these third wheels. Aurelia Ventralvite, Karina Fussell, Kirsty Chestnut, Sally Bremner, Jonathan Rothwell, Annie McCarthy, Max Meyer, Ben Spala, Luke Rocher, Jenny Raphael, Cyclista Zine, Ella Bori, and Kirwan Lister. If you like what we do, squish that like, like button, rate, rate us on iTunes, and subscribe. subscribe. If you can't give us your money, give, give us, us your, your stars. stars. Shh, don't keep us a secret. Slam that share button and tell all your friends about our show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.